you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Hello, this is Father Louis Scurdy. I welcome you to Friends of the Word, the Easter Word. We're still in the Easter season, as you know, until Pentecost. And today, we, the church focuses on Good Shepherd Sunday. And we're going to talk about that in our homily. Do you follow the Good Shepherd or do you follow the God of technology? It's up to us. Let's keep the Word alive and well, spread it to one another through all means. Let me hear from you, Father Lou Skirty at Hotmail.com. God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. Whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice, as the shepherd calls his own by name and leads them out. When he has driven all of them on his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep will follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger, they will run away from him, because they do not recognize the voice of a stranger. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize he was trying to tell them a message. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. very beautiful imagery of the gospel today. It's sort of warm and toasty. Jesus treating us like sheep that, who follow his voice metaphorically, and he knows every one of us, and it's very, very beautiful. But you realize he's doing that tongue-in-cheek because he's talking to the Pharisees who are supposed to be the shepherds of the people, and they're screwing them left and right. Those shepherds are even in existence in this world today, our own world. Shepherds who are false shepherds, thieves and marauders, as Jesus would call them. The good shepherd, someone we can trust, someone who brings life to the world, yet through the history of the church, maybe even before the church came into existence, there were plenty of situations in which the, the words of what would have been the good shepherd 
went on deaf ears, and they were combined with politics and, and terrorism and evil threats, and the shepherds, leaders of the people, often brought them to annihilation. And if we look at our world today, it's going on again. Where are the Christian values of our world? Christ came 2,000 years ago, established a kingdom on earth so we could understand one another, and when that kingdom is fulfilled, get to the eternal kingdom. But it has to start here. Our values seem to have been destroyed, not only now, not only 21st century, if you think of history, of the rise of communism, the rise of Nazism, the, the Industrial Revolution, the advancement of, of agendas of different political groups, all at the cost of the value of the person. See, the very person that Jesus is trying to touch when he's talking about himself, knowing every one of our voices, the person, very much tied up into what we call the Catholic social teaching, the value of the individual. And when these great movements come on the scene, the, the individual is nothing. It's only a, a cog in the whole wheel of, of, of the ongoing revolution, in industrialization, or whatever, whatever the, the medium for the day is. And we have our own today. And, you know, there are a lot of shepherds in the world, but who are the true shepherds? Jesus comes across as the true and authentic shepherd who cares for us, and his ministry is to encourage us to care for one another, not just the self. I mean, he's not a princess, he's not an empress, he's not an emperor, he's not a, a, a king, he's not a sheik, he's not a president, all whom are supposed to be shepherds of the people. This is taken right from the scriptures, the, the antiquity and period of Jesus, and well into the days of before Jesus and the prophets and, and the Old Testament people. When, when someone was referred to as a shepherd of his people, he was a leader of the people. And, and the metaphor followed. We don't use shepherds too much today. They're, they're different how we approach agrarian culture today. But, but the shepherds then were significant. They knew their sheep. Their sheep knew them. They didn't go to a stranger. All that, beautiful metaphors that Jesus is using, but the application has to be specific to us today. And those who don't lead as good shepherds, knowing the flock, again, metaphor, knowing their people, and working for social justice, are screwed up shepherds. They're not good shepherds. Thieves and marauders. Jesus made no, no bones about it. And he's talking to the Pharisees. You guys are thieves and marauders. You came in the back door. You got a but you're not living up to the role. Well, we can point many leaders in our world today, church as well as secular leaders, who are supposed to be shepherds, leading the people, but they're not leading up to the role of being good shepherds, good leaders. I'm not going to get into politics, but read the papers. Throughout the world, there are leaders like this who are supposed to be caring for the common good, but they're only caring so often for their own aggrandizement. So Jesus calls us not only to be someone attentive to his voice, but that ministry that encourages us to be attentive to the voice of one another. See, that's the, the realm of the good shepherd. That he cares for us, we care for him, and one another. It's a package deal. We call it the church. But that's the, the, the flock of the good shepherd, that we're supposed to absorb the word of God, the Eucharist of God, and go out and live the, the message of Jesus Christ as 
as he lived the message of the Father, the Good Shepherd, who sent him to all of us. And yet the signs of the times, which are we're supposed to be looking to all the time as Christians, seem to be eroding. That The values of our Christian heritage, the values of dignity, social justice, so many parts of the world, even our own culture, our own state maybe, seem to be eroding. But it's up to us to put them back on track. It's up to us to, to bring Christian values to every aspect of our society. You can't do it on Sunday coming to church. It's not enough. We've got to do it and get energized here in the church and go out, feed on the Word of God, and then go out. And in every aspect of our lives, whether it's volunteering, whether it's shopping, whether it's caring for your neighbor, whether it's visiting the sick, living the values of the Good Shepherd, living the values of caring and, and bringing justice to others, versus maybe the new God of, of our society is consumerism. If I don't get anything out of it, I'm not doing it. That's not the good shepherd's way. And the, and the apostles and the scriptures today make it very clear. He gave himself, completely he gave himself, and didn't get a reward for it. He got mocked for it. He got crucified for it. But he gave himself. This is our Lord. This is our good shepherd who's teaching us to get excited about being members of the world as Christians challenging society's values. It's going on all over. I mean, not too long ago, even in Russia, Bibles were burnt. Russia's, you know, Orthodox Christian. They're trying to give the, the cathedrals back to the people and back to the church that they seized during communism. But they're burning the Bibles of the Salvation Army. It's a different Christian group. But they're still burning the Bibles. Because, again, the Word of God is tough, you know, the Word of God aggravates because it's calling for justice, it's calling for, for rights, it's calling for respect. And if your inspiration comes from the Bible, burn the Bible. If your inspiration comes from the cross, get rid of the cross. And we institutionalize religion. And that's not religion, that's not faith. That, that, that's, not, that's, that's a kind of communism and, and a kind of uh, consumerism that is secular, in our secular world, which is diametrically opposed so often to our faith as Christians. See, Jesus comes and he gives himself. That's not part of our culture, to give yourself to one another, to give ourselves in charity. It's not automatically part of the culture. He came to bring that into the culture. He came to reflect the Father's idea of what creation was all about. All of us being created people on a destiny going back to the Father based on the quality of our establishment of life on earth. Very simple. But we want to do it our way so often. Society wants to do it its way so often. And, and, and we, we try to turn to other, other gods, gods that can work with us. Technology. The power of technology. How many of us are worshiping at the, at the temple of technology? How many of our young people, and maybe, maybe not so only the young people, are mesmerized, adoring their Facebook, or their Twitters, their, their feeds, and their computers, adoring them? Kids at tables with each other, and they're all on their own little device. 
Oh, that'd be great if it was a rosary, great if it's sharing prayer, but they're not. They're off to somebody else, someplace else. So their, their new technology has become the new God of our century. But each century has its own, always in contradiction to the voice of the Good Shepherd who wants us to know each other, love each other, be appreciative of each other. Now, am I against technology? Of course not. We're, we're videoing this, this homily. The Pope sends twi Twitters out. The Pope has just instituted a whole nother direction in, in advancing social teaching, Catholic social teaching, through technology. Whether it's the Twitter, whether it's the Facebook, whether it's the Instagram, doesn't matter. It can be used for good, but it can also be used for destruction and evil. Look at the, the Google scam last week, this, the, the phishing, they call it, PH, phishing scam, where people's accounts were, were hacked throughout the world. So the power of the new God of technology can be used to destroy or to evangelize in place of the good shepherd. But if we use it, and I always say, <laughs> I, I, I would get lost going around the corner in driving, I'm bad. So I, I always say God created the GPS for me because he knew a skirty couldn't get from point A to point B without a GPS. And maps I don't do. You know what I used to do with maps? Remember the nice maps you used to get from the gas stations? Great wrapping paper, right? Colorful, always nice. And that's why my father would go berserk. You using a map for wrapping paper? Yeah, look how colorful. I never read them. I, I apologize. It's not one, of my, uh, one of, not one of my gifts. I can't do all that on those little lines. So when I travel, John reads the maps, Jerry does the driving, I sit in the back seat and do other things. But anyway... So, so GPS, I mean, technology can be used correctly and thank God we have it. And whether it's, it's what's his name, Steve and, or, 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 or Zuckerberg or any of the others that are, are the big names in technology throughout the world, don't get caught up into that. God is the creator. God gave them the inspiration. Their gift of brains and culture comes from God. What any of us do with the gifts is our business. And we who are Christians, I hate to say it, are obligated to advance the word of God through evangelization. That's why we have our, our own internet site. To advance the word of God through evangelization to others. To fight for social justice. To let people know the good that's going on in the world. How many times you read in the papers, and remember when we just, when we just had papers, you know, oh, nothing good ever goes in the paper. It's always the scandal on the front, a front cover, and it's something good is small way in the back. Well, now we're doing the same thing with technology. So it's up to us to advance and share the good news. Not only the gospel, but the good news of our society, our culture, our charity, our social justice. This is the, the challenge, I think, of the good shepherd in, to us in the 21st centuries. And, you know, it's not unusual for us to use technology. The church has been doing that for centuries. All of our Christmas carols, all of our Easter holidays, Christmas holidays, so many of our religious holidays were all baptized. They used to be pagan holidays. You know that. The church t takes them over and we give a new view of them. Because, again, what are we doing? We're reflecting the Good Shepherd. We're reflecting God. So when secular society goes one direction, we try to baptize it. Not that it would be wonderful, but not that everybody's Christian, but we try to bring Christian values to it. 
We can do the same thing with technology. We have, a, we have a choice. We can worship the God who is the good shepherd, or we can worship the God who is technology. And, and even in technology, we have the challenge to share God with others. We're not talking about the church taking over the world, although that would be wonderful, maybe. Maybe, because not all the church leaders have been good and honest. But, and we're not going for a theocratic society. Saudi Arabia has that, and other cultures have that, and it's, it's my way, no way. So that's not what we're talking about. Even in the Middle Ages, there was always that conflict between the crown and, and, and the church, the emperor and the church, the, the conflicts. So we're not looking for a theocratic, everybody, one thinking, one brand of faith. We're appreciating who we are, unique, made in the image of God. And as Christians, it's our obligation to constantly evangelize, to constantly spread the word through our actions, through our words, through our charity, through, through how, we, how we live in the world. God has given us a great abundance, even in the, even in the, the psalm that we said today, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and with him I will not want... We, we have to get that into ourselves, assimilate that. He is the answer. He does lead us down the road, and he takes care of us, and he gives us drink when we're thirsty. But he doesn't do it in isolation. He expects us to pick it up and continue it. We are the body of Christ. That's not an accidental phrase. We are bringing Christ into the world today through our own actions, through our own glorification of the Good Shepherd or adoration and glorification of the God of technology, in this case. There are so many other ways in which we, we realize that, that the Shepherd, Jesus, is also the gate through whom we go to get to the Father. And that, that imagery is beautiful. In, in times of Jesus, the gate, of course, was the way the sheep would go in and out of, of the sheepfold. And sometimes there would be animals, thieves and marauders, coyotes, animals who can threaten the, the sheep. They're all in a sheepfold. So what the shepherd would do is he would lay himself there at the gate. So he'd be the first line of defense against the enemy, whoever the enemy was, an animal or, or a thief. Jesus lays himself down for us because he wants to invite us into heaven. But heaven's not up there. Heaven starts here. We, we don't live our lives with injustice and expect at the end of life to be rewarded in heaven. We start it here. We live our life listening and incorporating the words of the Good Shepherd and his example to us and to others. And that example is so important to us today. He's the good shepherd who invites us to trust the relationship with him. Hear his voice and trust the relationship with him. Again, it's, again, it's a beautiful metaphor in, in the scriptures about him being the good shepherd. But think of it, how real it is for our lives. How confident we can be in God who knows every one of us by name and who hears every one of us speaking to him. 
and who responds to us in the best way for us, not necessarily the best way we want it to be. We as a church have been working with and from the beginning advancing the work of the Good Shepherd, especially through our Catholic social teaching. And I just want to close with this little section from the latest edition of The Catholic Worker that was founded by Dorothy Day decades ago. And Dorothy Day is being considered for the process towards sainthood. Whether she becomes a saint or not, that's up to the church and the bishops. But her work was certainly saintly. Respect for the poor, opening houses throughout New York and throughout the country that served the poor before it was, before it was up and running, before it was really in to do that societally. And from that paper comes this particular section, and it's uh, talking about social justice. is written by Tom Cornell, The Deep Roots of Social Justice. But this, this is one collect section. The Second Vatican Council charged the bishops with the duty, quote, to set forth the ways by which are, we are all to be solving the problems and the grave questions concerning the ownership, increase, and just distribution of material goods, peace and war, and brotherly relations between all peoples. The specific vocation of the laity is to conform the world to the will of God. The specific vocation of the clergy, bishops, priests, deacons, includes the presentation of the principles of Catholic social teaching and their relevance to specific questions. Application is a secular matter and is left to the laity. And that's you and me, and we work together. As we advance the voice of the Good Shepherd, loving, respecting, sharing the values of Christ, who cares for every one of us so intimately, he feeds us, he nurtures us, loves us, cares for us. And you can just see that image of the Good Shepherd picking each one of us up and holding each one of us close to his heart. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. 
Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshall's. 